Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What are your goals worth to you? For the boys of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland, the answer is everything. I'm your host, Victor Cruz, and this is episode two of HBO's The Cost of Winning podcast. One of the more chilling moments from the series and a powerful representation of the mental strength of these players comes in the middle of episode two. Coach Poggi is talking to the guys in the huddle, and the conversation is suddenly derailed. Let's take a listen. Holy shit, we're blocked on Bailey. That was miserable. And it's the offensive line. Don't you get sick and tired of getting your ass handed to you? Don't you? You got to pick it up. Let's go. We got to get a lot better. The defensive line just absolutely whipped our butts today. Dom Bailey is an animal. Okay? He's a freaking animal. We were in a huddle talking, and out of nowhere, three shots let loose. It, it doesn't phase me like at all, like the shootings and all that stuff. Like, it's just something that go on in Baltimore every day. We're immune to it. You know, it happens a lot. The idea that kids who live in the city have become adjusted to, that this is a part of the life that they live, breaks your heart. That's an everyday thing. We can't flinch. Always gotta stay focused on our goal. We can't worry about what's going on, like outside of the, outside of practice field. It's sad, but it's normal in our city. So when things happen like that, you just gotta adjust to it. Oh, don't yeah, flinch. Right. Our breaks. Don't, don't flinch. flinch. Don't flinch on me. Don't flinch on three. One, two, three. Don't, don't flinch. flinch. Woo! The students at St. Francis are faced with traumatic experiences so regularly that it's vital for them to have such understanding faculty and coaches to lean on. Ms. Williams, a teacher at St. Francis, shared an experience that she had with star defensive end Demond Clowney when he turned to her for support. Take a listen. One particular day we met, he wasn't having a good day. And I'm like, Demon, are you good? And he turned around and he had tears in his eyes. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And that's what he shared with me. In like a span of two weeks, he had lost like five of his friends. And he was just like, I just don't know what else to do. And so it was, it's, it's really been a challenge for him. It's, it's really been hard. I, I can't even imagine how a lot of them actually get through what they get through, but they get through it.
My guest today is Dr. Jessica Clemens, MD. She's a board-certified psychiatrist and is recognized by Forbes as a leader in mental health and wellness. Her mission is to reduce the stigma associated with mental illness, particularly in the black community. Her efforts consist of using social media and community discussions to educate her following. We spoke about developing the mental pedigree of a winner. So without further ado, I want to welcome Dr. Jess Clemens. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for um, being a part of this and having a, a conversation with me. Thank you for having me. It's really important. And I, I, I'm always appreciative of the opportunity to demystify therapy and, and to reduce the stigma. So thank you. Thank you. No, no problem at all. Now, a lot of these kids, um, you know, are nationally ranked and televised and the pressures that come with each and every game that they play with. Can you just talk to me a little bit about, you know, mentally what these kids go through and how they can overcome just some of their surroundings and what they go through on a daily basis with the pressures of performing and being at the best of their abilities each and every day. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know that our, our young athletes are carrying a lot of burden, right? They are expected to show up and perform at a very high level. Um, communities are depending on them to succeed on the field and, you know, to kind of bring out that excellent name for um, their neighborhoods and their cities. So to your point, Victor, there's so much pressure that they're experiencing. And so one of the things that, you know, I always talk about when I'm caring for someone in the office is while pressure can can be really helpful to get a person to perform right to give them that fire they need to get to execute but it also can cause stress and stress over time when it accumulates in the body it can affect the physical health but also the mental health and so a lot of people come in for the first time for treatment for you know to come in for therapy or medication when they have accumulated a lot of stress in their life and they present with things like depression and anxiety and so while not you know every every young person who's an athlete um, will develop that, but what it does mean is that they need an outlet to be able to process their stress, to talk about it, to be able to really work through it, so that they're not showing up in my office because of the results of of having all that pressure that they're experiencing. Yeah, I'm excited about this because this is like a free therapy session for me right now. So I want to get into the nuts and bolts a little bit. You you touched on community uh, in the beginning of your answer there. And I want to talk about the community East Baltimore, which is a lot like Patterson, New Jersey, and where I grew up in a lot of these obviously inner cities, right, That's that are predominantly black or minorities. Um, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of a, a lot of violence that goes on in these cities. There's a lot of, you know, you know, single parent households in these cities that also play a part. Talk to me about how trauma plays a role in these kids' life and how they can just cope with that. You know, because you see in parts of the uh, of the docu series where these kids or people are dying all around them, whether it's family members, whether it's friends and people that they know and grew up with, people are dying around them almost at a rapid pace, and you can see how they're just somewhat numb to it. And I just, you know, that the whole mind over matter phrase is just so important, especially for these kids. Like, how do they cope with such severe trauma like this? Yes, uh, I'm so glad that you you touched on this, Victor. That was what what was really striking to me um, when we talk about, um, you know, these these young people um, in East Baltimore is is how much they're overcoming um, just to just to kind of like get through the day. You know, like it, it's it's one thing already to have the pressure of performing to try to be a good student, a good student athlete. But then if you're in an environment where there's a lot of community violence, 
you're absolutely right. It leads to trauma. I think I want to take a moment here and talk about trauma. I do want people to recognize that a common experience is not necessarily a normal or correct experience. So just because a person grows up in an environment where there is a lot of violence or they go home and there's neglect, there's no one really to be there to properly care for them. That might be their norm, but it doesn't make it right. Right. So trauma is going to be that experience that can make a person feel like their life is threatened. That's kind of the big T trauma, the, the, the trauma that no one would say isn't. But then there's also these smaller T traumas, which are the, the types of things that accumulate over time. So again, for these young black kids growing up in these environments, there's racial trauma, right? What is it like when they're inter interfacing with authorities, with police? What is it like when they're in a neighborhood where there's a jail, you know, that they're walking past? This type of trauma accumulates and it affects the way that they feel about themselves, right? It affects their self-esteem. It affects their confidence. And so if you have a, a, a young person who's struggling to pay attention in class, it's not because they don't care. It's because the environment has really led them to, to ultimately be traumatized. And that trauma is affecting how much they can focus. It's affecting whether they're kind of daydreaming when they're, when they're reminded of a stressful event. So there's a lot of that affecting these, these young people. And I guess the last thing I'll say about it is coping is going to be important. Um, you know, finding people in the community that they can trust and talk to about their experience hopefully getting in front of a mental health provider as well um, is going to be really important. Because I, I want to touch on the traumas a little bit more because those traumas, because I faced them, right? I remember being in fifth grade and um, my friend Gary died. He got caught in a drive-by shooting. And I remember the next day in school, he was just gone. Like he sat maybe a couple chairs over from me and all of a sudden he was just gone. And, and you know, those those are traumatic experiences that, can affect you later on in life, right? Yes, and you know, I'm I'm really sorry that that was an experience that that you had um, growing up, and especially to be so young, right? I, I know, um, I I think I think Hove talked about that too, about young people who you know experience trauma and not having anywhere to process it. So the example you use of like he's gone, where does that leave? Where did that leave you? Where does that leave young people? Um, so absolutely, uh, I, I think again, it goes back to young people have to have the proper places to talk about the things that they're feeling. We can't expect our young people to just show up and perform on the field or in the classroom. We have to really be, be there to talk about those, those big changes, even if it means holding classes to really hold space to talk about what it's like to lose someone so close and so young and so tragic. Exactly. And, and it's that stress culminating with everything else, right? That stress, the stresses of normal life, the stresses of everyday life, and then the stresses of being an athlete and the stresses of making sure that you're putting everything that you can onto that field or, or court or whatever it is so that you can benefit your family um, th throughout it all. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. And talk to me about how some ways that your support system, whether it's your family, whether it's your coaching staff, you know, whether it's your aunts and uncles, whatever your support system is, talk to me about ways that they can help and how these kids and anyone really uh, can really lean on their on their support system. I love that, um, especially because, you know, some of the uh, environmental experiences, it's going to take some time to get that to change. But one thing that I do hope most people have access to are the people that you just described, right? People who are genuinely in their in their corner supporting them. And so, you know, if you find yourself in that position where you can support a young person, 
create a safe space. It can be done anywhere, even in this whole social distancing space that we're in right now. Create a moment where you are allowing the young person to talk freely about what they're feeling, um, help give some language to what they're feeling. There's a, a tool called the feelings will, which is really interesting where it can actually tell you exactly the name for the feeling. And so, you know, practice that a bit before having the conversation with you know, the young person. Um, and, and, and that's going to, over time, allow them to, to begin to open up more, to trust, to know that they can come to you to help them solve problems. So I say the biggest thing, Victor, is be there physically or in this age, you know, be there in some way where you can actually give that young person an opportunity to talk freely about what's going on. And don't judge them. Let them be able to talk about you know, whatever it is that's on their mind. Yeah, I think that's the biggest way to do it. I think with this whole mind over matter kind of term that I think about when it, when we talk about this specific series and this specific episode, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm old and washed and a former athlete that I do a bunch of yoga now, like I'm into so many different types of Zen style, um, you know, things that I like to do now. But what are, and I feel like yoga not only helps me stay obviously flexible and all those things, but it gives me a moment to kind of just reflect, right? And digest on the day before, the morning, what I'm about to tackle for that day. It really puts me in a place mentally to just be kind of calm and have this solace to myself and really conquer the rest of my day. What are some ways that athletes can really, um, you know, affect their mental health and think about their mental health and improve their mental health, um, even if they're just high school students and feel like there's a stigma around it um, because, you know, it's not the cool thing to do to talk about if you're stressed out or if you have anxiety or if you're not in the right space mentally? Yes, I, I love that you that you you do yoga by the way that's that's incredible it's because i'm washed jess it's because i'm washed <laughs> no way no way but i think what you're pointing out is it's really important um you know the the mind and body are connected and you know athletes already practice a lot of mind over matter right you have to be you know you have to really be able to focus in when you know the lights are going and people are screaming and yelling um so so that's an important um tool that people are using already but back to what you're describing about other things that people can do you know if, if yoga isn't the thing that a person wants to try right away that's okay start with like a a, a mindfulness sort of practice around an affirmation it can be something that you get up, you look yourself in the mirror and there's a sentence that you tell yourself that you you go to in the times when you're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you don't have the words for it, that's okay, but you can tell your body is feeling tense on some level around you know things that are happening um, in your life. And so yeah, practice a, a mindfulness practice by starting with an affirmation. It can be one sentence that brings you back to where you're going. And then, you know, don't be afraid to like, be outside of the box a little bit. Everything doesn't have to be cool to start it out. Just give it a try. You might be surprised. Exactly. That's that's that was my exact face when I tried yoga and was done after that hour and was like, "Wow, I feel so much better. Like I could do whatever I need to do." Um now to end this on a little bit more of a positive note, I think there's something to be said that yes, these kids face these adversities in their communities, right? Yes, these kids face these adversities with their friends and gun violence and in an impoverished neighborhood and all of those things, but there's something to be said about how they still succeed and how they still make it out and how they still have this tough skin and develop this hardened shell just to make it through their respective neighborhoods. So I wanna take a moment to really just commend these kids and commend them on how they're able to 
get through all these challenging moments and still make it to the other side. Absolutely. Look, grit is going to be one of the strongest indicators for success. Um, Dr. Angela Duckworth is a PhD. Um, so she's a, you know, a, a doctor, but she does a lot of research around grit and she looks at what makes kids successful. Even if they come from backgrounds like what you're describing, Victor, where things are hard, um, people who are focused, determined, uh, do something with great attention to detail and stick with it are more likely to achieve the goals that they have for themselves. So grit is so important. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny you say that because my mother's uh, whenever whenever anyone asks me about uh, what's one thing, one, one piece of advice that someone's given you that you never forget that you always take with you everywhere you go. And for me, it was my mom telling me that um, never quit anything. Even if halfway through you feel like you're over it, you're done, you don't know why you're doing this, always complete the task because you never want to be known as the guy that was a quitter. And for my entire life, that was always the thing I wrote on. I was like, I can't be a, I can't be that guy. I was like, oh yeah, he was nice. He played for a little while, but then he quit. Like I never wanted to be the guy who quit. Um, so that, that really resonated with me. Jess, if there's any last words, anything else you want to say um, in terms of these children all over the world and all these neighborhoods that really need the guidance of someone like you, someone that's, you know, of our skin color, black, and understands exactly what we go through and isn't coming from some outside neighborhood trying to infect what they have. Any, any last words you want to give to the kids? Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I think I would just encourage anyone who is hearing this and they wonder if they could use some help, you know, start with the people in your life that you, that you trust and that you know really have your back. It could be your coach. It could be a counselor. It could be that teacher that actually checks in with how you're feeling, start there, you know, and, and, and just share that you might need a little bit of help. And then from there, my hope is that they can get you in front of a mental health professional who understands you. There are a lot of resources out there um, that, that, you know, can be available to get the actual support, especially if you are struggling with symptoms like depression or anxiety, but start with the people in the community that love you and have your back and just keep going. Like Victor's mama said, just keep going. <laughs> exactly. Um, I agree. If you want to find Dr. Jess Clemens, she's asked Dr. Jess on Instagram. She has beautiful photos and information about mental health, as well as a beautiful family that you'll find on her Instagram page as well. Um, Dr. Jess, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, take care of that beautiful family of yours. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. Be well. No problem. Bye, Jess. Thank you. Man, that was a tremendous conversation with uh, Dr. Jess Clemens. I mean, she really put it in perspective on what it's like to really battle with mental health. And, you know, and for me personally, as a kid or when I was younger, I didn't really think about my mental health. You know, you just think about survival and how you're making it to the next day and how you're making it to the next week. Whatever falls in between that just does. And whether it's basketball practice or whether in fifth grade when my friend Gary died, you know, I just had to keep chucking along. You just keep going. You don't really understand what's going on. You really just don't have time to even process it. And I think that's the biggest thing or the biggest misconceptions of our culture today is that we need to take the time to acknowledge the trauma. Just like Dr. Jess said, you need to take time to acknowledge the fact that these things have affected you personally. And now is the time to get it off your chest, whether you want to talk to your mother, whether you want to talk to a therapist, whether you want to talk to your football coach. In the case of Damon Clowney, right? He went to his coach and wanted to get something off of his chest. So whoever that person is for you, you need to go and talk to that person when you're feeling a certain type of way. Because man, I'll tell you right now, those things will linger 
and they'll come up in times where you won't even realize it as a, as an adult. You know what I mean? As you get older, even now, this is my first time, if I'm remembering correctly, even talking about my friend Gary who died in fifth grade. You know, he died in the drive-by. I remember the next day I came in and everyone was asking, where's Gary at? I mean, this is before social media. This is before Twitter and Instagram was able to tweet this out and you knew at the drop of a dime or a video or whatever. This was the first time I've experienced something like that and everyone was in shock. You know, I remember being in fifth grade and then to bring it all the way forward, right? I have an eight-year-old daughter that's in fourth grade right now. Like, I'm imagining myself at that age now, where nine, ten years old, getting the news that, you know, one of my classmates has passed away. Take a minute to let that one settle in and how that comes full circle to you. So I just think, you know, talking to Jess Clemens really brings around all these different thoughts. I mean, I told you I was going to get a free therapy session today. And I got one. And now I'm spilling my, my beans out and my guts out to you all because we're all family here at this point. I think Dr. Jess Clemens really put it in perspective for all of us, and it just makes sense. You know, at the end of the day, it makes sense. And I think the work that she's doing, trying to get rid of the stigma in the black community about mental health, it's extremely important now more than ever because of the things that we're witnessing on our social media accounts, the things that we're witnessing in the public, in the in, in broad daylight, we're seeing these things happening to our communities and happening out there in the streets in the world. And now's a time where it could affect you more, more so than ever before. So when you're having these issues, when you're having these setbacks or having these mental blocks, anxiety, whatever you're feeling, don't feel bad about going to someone and asking for help. Don't feel bad about going to someone and asking to talk. You know, it's something as simple as that. Don't feel bad about that because that conversation could go 10 times longer than you ever thought it would and it could potentially change your life. Thank you to our guest, Dr. Jess, for joining us on episode two of the Cost of Winning podcast. This podcast was produced by HBO and Driven Society. You can stream HBO's The Cost of Winning on HBO Max. The Cost of Winning podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, HBO Max, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with episode three on Wednesday.